When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hello. <laughs> wow, we started off strong with some technical delays. <laughs> it's okay, we'll do the magic edits. Why is this happening? We literally, we talked before we pressed record for like one and a half hours without <laughs> any lags. Then we press record and suddenly the connection is so bad. This always happens. I know, Cleo. Okay. Can you hear me? Am I... Am I talking to myself? No, I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we give a bit of a recap as to, first of all, why we're basically missing, like why we missed an episode last week, which we really did unintentionally. Yeah. But also it was kind of inevitable after last yeah. week's absolute chaos of an episode. I think all of you guys understood that we were not going to record two episodes in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah that that was i mean we had a plan and it was supposed to be yeah we were supposed to have two episodes mm-hmm. ready and then we ended up spontaneously just like just chatting absolute i don't even know we were just saying what's on our mind ranting it was very much like raw energy which i don't want to why does that sound weird raw energy sounds very, very animalistic raw raw raw, raw. Also like, <laughs> like ooh. um raw yeah um and then and then yeah leo's gone on holiday which i'm sure she'll tell us all about i just gone and did that in a minute she just gone gone to the holiday now she's back <laughs> um which is obviously fa- I, I mean obviously okay, fair this is how attached i am to leo she didn't message me for like th- <laughs> she didn't message me for like three days and i was like yep nope something's wrong something's missing in my life and i like i felt like that weirdo you know like when you're when, you know when you're ghosted and like you just see one person messaging the whole time <laughs> That was literally me. And I was just messaging Leo, like, talking about my day and, like, sending pictures. And, like, oh, it was just all one-sided. And I was just, like, thinking of you, you know. Or, like, you know what, actually, you know what's, what it actually is like? It's when someone passes away and, like, someone doesn't want to stop messaging that person. That's literally, that's, that is literally how I felt messaging you. And I went in proper panic mode as well to Ed. I was like, Ed... <laughs> is she okay and like I'm I was looking at other people posting stories on Instagram and I was like okay I can see her she's alive so thank fuck for that so hard hard few days for me (laughs) to 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 give some explanation on my radio silence and momentary ghosting of Kara to be fair honestly I don't think we've ever gone longer than this was the longest I think we've ever gone without communicating yeah yeah since we since since like two years ago, I think I went one yeah, day that without was messaging, and you messaged me being like, "Okay, at least tell me you're yeah. alive." And I was like, "Excuse me, you after <laughs> you not messaging me for four days? What the heck?" <laughs> but you didn't message me. Tell me you're alive. I would have messaged you back. <laughs> um, well, I didn't want to be that. 
I'm sorry. I felt like this the crazy girlfriend. Like I was like, I'm not. I am the. I am your crazy girlfriend. I'm not gonna be like, tell me you're alive. I would. I will. Yeah, that's me. But basically, I just was like not. Well, okay, shall we just go straight into like our highs and lows? Give a quick like recap because also Kara's in a different country yeah. right now. Now Kara's the one who's away. Yeah. And you're gonna be on holiday for longer than I was too. Never long. True. Sorry. True. Let's see. Don't ghost me in return, though. Don't do revenge ghosting. <laughs> I couldn't cope. <laughs> you just wait and see. No! <laughs> you know I'd like an no, annoy you. No, I'm still you. gonna... I'm still... I loved it, though. As soon as you started messaging me as well, I was like, oh my god. Overload, <laughs> overload of messages. Because <laughs> when I message... I love it, I though. feel like I, I, I do it. message a lot. I'm like... Yeah, but I, I think that's why I got so used to it. And then I got really silent. <laughs> I was like, something's wrong. But yes, go into your highs and lows. Okay, so my high is like very, I think, quite clear from like this conversation. I went on a trip, which is interesting because I feel like <laughs> I've been speaking about it for a while. And it's so funny because I feel like normally everything that's like overhyped in my mind or, you know, those things which like you look forward to for so long and then they're not actually like as good when they actually happen. But this was, like, better than I thought it was ever going to be. Like, the trip, I was for eight days away, which is the longest I've been off in over a year. So even just that was so special to, like, switch off from work so completely. Then the group of people was amazing. I was there with, like, two of my, like, all of my housemates. So I feel like most of you that will have listened to our podcast like more consistently will have like heard all of them so Vesh, Ali, Michael yeah then Marco my boyfriend and his best friend Dodo who is just like such a good group everyone was you know that group where just everyone feels very safe and comfortable there was like just a lot of love between everyone yeah so special it was so special and Fuerteventura like if you guys haven't been there or haven't been to like I don't know it's just such a magical island I don't know how else to describe it it's a volcanic island so I feel like there's definitely like the healing power that you can like feel it's very like because my friend Ali like she's gone there every single summer and her family lives there now so we very much got like the local experience you know we had a car yeah finally so we could like drive to the really reclusive beaches one of the most like magical moments was we always like spent sunset in like a different location and they literally it looks otherworldly like I felt like I was on a different planet wow but one of the craziest experiences was we went to this beach, uh, which is called Las Dunas. No, I'm a lying. That was something <laughs> different. That was literally the dunes. I've forgotten what the beach was called, so I'm probably going to edit this out. Um, but anyways, we went to this beach <laughs> and we went there for sunset and we had to first of all like climb this rock. So we were like overlooking the ocean. It was beautiful. And it was new moon. Yeah. So apparently every month for 20 minutes there's like a pathway that basically opens in the middle of the ocean and only like I think a very very brief period in I don't know whether it's a year or you know it's like very very rare then that pathway also actually opens like to see a cave we didn't get to see the cave but we did manage to then like scramble down from the rock you literally have to like wade through like part of the ocean and then the ocean makes space for like a pathway like a strip of sand in the middle wow. so you're surround you're standing in the ocean it's I- insane that's where like i posted some videos of like us like running on the beach and like and i think on the video you can't see how crazy yeah. it actually was yeah 
that's well, it was we hard to see like, it because then you were like yeah. we were literally in the middle of the ocean and i'm like i think from the video it looks like you're just like as if you've just walked from the sand yeah. into the into the water yeah i i need to find like a different video which shows like kind of the the more surroundings of it or you can just like visualize it but it was just i never seen i've never like incredible it was like it was so like exhilarating as well because we knew we only had like a specific amount of time before obviously then the tide would go up again and then you'd be in the fucking ocean which obviously you don't want to be doing so i need to like get out of there quick enough (laughs) before the tide rises and then you're like actually stuck um and so it was just like that was crazy that was like that was one of my favorite moments and then we had another night where it was really fun we were just like and probably my highlight of the trip not only was it just like such an amazing time but I mean we've spoken a lot about like body image and summer and what that brings up and I can I was really proud of myself this trip like I really again I think it's a combination of the island being extremely unpretentious extremely not focused on looks I was telling Cara like there's just like naked old people like everywhere you go or it doesn't even have to be old it's just like (laughs) naked people everywhere but not in a way of like look at my body you know it's like yeah we're just comfortable we're just chilling like and I think it's the exposure of seeing all the different body types as well which we never get to see um in their like true nature not edited not like someone posing it's literally them just being like in nature I think that's it it's such a good it's literally like exposure therapy it's like seeing all the different body types it was so beautiful like I again I told this to Cara before but I just found it so funny like at, at one point because from our our house was like right at the beach so we saw this this couple they must have been like 80 years old and they were there like every <laughs> every day pretty much and one of the days we saw the husband started taking I'm assuming it's his husband maybe it's her lover who knows um but the, the male <laughs> <laughs> the man started like taking photos of the woman and they were obviously like both naked and it was basically like a sexy photo shoot for her like she was like spreading she was like he was like telling her to like spread her legs she was like on on the uh on the lifeguard chair like it was it was just so cute to watch it was like i swear like 10 minutes of them like doing this photo shoot and she was fully naked right fully fully naked they were both fully naked it was iconic literally iconic i aspire to be them when i'm that age yeah sounds incredible yeah and there were so many couples just like walking naked along on the beach and stuff like genuinely couldn't give like just couldn't care less and that was really inspiring then obviously the group of people I was with like I felt really comfortable with them and then obviously I think I'd made like a very active effort to like prepare myself mentally and be like you know I really wanted to because we spoke about it before yeah and in this case it did actually work out really well again I think it was important that I had like bathing suits and bikinis that I did feel like comfortable in so I like eased myself in as well which maybe is like a good tip like the first cup the first two days I wore like bathing suits like one pieces and then I started like the bikinis you know so I feel like that also was quite helpful and I think that's such a good idea it's such a because it's I feel like it's genuinely a shock because you go so long especially like right after the winter months you go so long not really seeing your body and then it's like suddenly you're in this place where you're like outside in bright light and like you're completely you know you're exposed and it's yeah so I think yeah transitioning it and like giving yourself that like time to remember what it feels like to you know have your body showing is actually really important yeah honestly that helped me a lot I also have this one bathing suit which I love maybe I can like link it or link the website 
they're from Canada so the shipping is like a little bit I mean unless you're in Canada or the US but for like us Europeans <laughs> that was quite expensive and took quite a while but so worth it like they're I think they're called yeah. something with F like F and F Fiji or whatever I don't know I've literally forgotten what they're called <laughs> but their swimsuit is so buttery soft and like so flattering like yeah car I have to send you the link because I think you'd look like amazing in in one of their Aww. swimsuits it's the brown one that I have do you know which one I mean yeah yeah it's so comfortable it's so yeah, yeah so send the link share it with all of us because I feel yeah. like there's a lot of people that might want to find swimsuit brands that like make them feel comfortable exactly I feel like that's so important and I actually found that brand because I saw an influencer that I like her name is Nicole wow I'm being so fucking unhelpful <laughs> that you don't know <laughs> he's like everything you said now being like yeah we went to like this beach and like it's called oh wait no I don't know what it's called and then I wore the swimsuit from this brand <laughs> and like, an influencer was wearing it and like wait what's her name <laughs> I'm literally the most unhelpful person on this planet anyways I found it through Everything her. Everything will be in our description. We'll try. <laughs> we'll try find it and we can put it all in the description. Yes. Oh my God. So anyways, I saw it on her. I was like, oh my God, she looks amazing. And then I found them. Completely pointless story. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so I was proud of myself. I saw my first shooting star. That was beautiful. We like stargazed. We had this really like movie like evening as well where we were like playing. Again, that's also something which I feel like I felt like a kid again almost like in the best way like just so close to my body as well because we were just like list I was just listening to my body you know I was like resting most of the time to be honest but then when I wanted to I was like in the ocean swimming or like I went surfing one day or sometimes we were like playing frisbee playing ball like playing football like like these activities you do as a child or yeah and I think a lot of men do still do them like when they're older like play sports for fun you know that element of it and yeah we had one evening where we were like doing that like we were doing like long jumping competitions on the sand and like you know (laughs) stupid things like that and then we decided to like Marco decided to like pick me up on his shoulders and then we all went on like the respective shoulders of like you know because we were three girls three guys and we just asked this like random woman to like take photos of us and it just ended up being this like very cute and wholesome like photo shoot we were just like spinning all with like us on on the shoulders and turns out she was like a (laughs) professional photographer because we then saw her like taking pictures of like some other woman um what a perfect person to ask (laughs) i know how convenient So, so convenient then we watched the sunset like yeah i could rave on and on anyways i'm feel like i'm like being boring but no no it's so nice it was and then but then I guess my low is that reality hit me real hard when I returned home um it's the post-holiday blues they're freaking real they're so real like I'm such a high when you're on holiday and you're just like this is like this is what actually this this is is what living feels like literally and then you go back to the day-to-day and you're like I'm sorry do I work my ass off just to have eight days yeah of like feeling like I'm truly living and then I'm coming back to this and then you're almost like okay when's the next time I can feel alive again it's so yeah because you know how on holiday it's such a weird cycle the days are are long you know you have so much you can do so many memories you make yeah and in return like a work week like I was speaking to a colleague and I was asking I think her, like, what I missed. I think it's also because you feel present. Mm. You, like yeah. during those days you feel very present. Whereas when you're working you're almost like stressing about a deadline. So you're you're like in, yeah. even in that moment you're thinking of like a future 
thing yeah. so like, you never really truly and like why would you want to be present at work like <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna take this email in you know, like, <laughs> properly sink in and really enjoy every letter that i'm typing <laughs> maybe we should start that try it Roman- the big romanticizing experiment um i know you said you'd get this to me last week but then it's been like way too long can you please get it to me by today xoxo I wish you could see, like, Cara's facial expression while she's, like, <laughs> hand, like miming, typing this email. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, my, my colleague was saying, like, because I was asking her what happened last week. And she was like, I genuinely can't remember what happened, like, work-wise. She was like, I, I, I'm, i like, having a complete brain fog and, like, can't remember. We're like, that's a bit scary. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, it was really interesting because I was researching this episode, The Inner Critic. And I was to myself thinking... Oh, this episode, I'm so happy because I'm just going to say a hi. I'm not going to have a low because I just had the most amazing holiday. And yeah. then that evening, I proceed to have uh, an attack of what I would call my inner critic, which is very ironic, <laughs> seeing as I'd previously spent three hours researching said inner critic, <laughs> um, which in a way, I feel like the universe gave to me to be like, you know what? You just need some content. For this episode um you, you need know, to some, relate to what exactly, you're saying you know exactly <laughs> some real life personal experience some recent experience uh so that's what i had i basically had i don't know if i'd call it a i would call it a, an anxiety attack yeah not yeah. a not a full-blown panic attack because i feel like i've had that and this was slightly different because it was so long it was like over the period of like six hours like you know, extreme anxiety, like the physical symptoms of like heart palpitations, etc. Uh, spiraling yeah. thoughts, etc., uh, etc. Et we love them. Uh, <laughs> maybe I can like go into it. Oh no, I'm being cold. Decline. Sorry, Marco. I hope Here. that picks it up. Grr. Anyways, um. So yeah. So that's what I had. Maybe we can after like we talk about the inner critic a little bit and give like an intro yeah i can we can then actually speak about like our experiences with the inner critic and i can give like maybe a bit more insight into like what what actually happened yeah but right now i feel like i've been speaking you, for half an hour so can you say the funny the, so uh, the funny thing that leo told me after she was like i just researched like everything about the inner critic and like how best to approach the inner critic <laughs> and like as soon as i had that attack i was like okay okay i'm gonna start journaling and like proper try to you know handle and manage my inner critic and she was like the research did not pay off. <laughs> it did not work. And I guess that's the reality of it. It's like sometimes you can know, like, yeah. try know the tips, try know, like, maybe how to manage it. But sometimes when you're in that moment of, like, pure anxiety, whatever is the right thing to do or, like, the things to handle, it doesn't work. Yeah. And, like, it's probably easier to look at it, in, like, after the situation has ended and be like, okay, I, you know, and think of it more realistically and rationally. But sometimes when you're in, in those attack modes, it's just not it. Yeah. Because, I mean, we'll go into basically the, the yeah. flow of this episode is kind of, we wanted to, you know, define it, do one of our more like deep dive psychology episodes, which we I feel like we haven't done in a really long time, you know, say like the neurophysiology behind it and then like some tips on how to manage it. And actually yeah. going through it in a way was really helpful because I feel like the tips did work <laughs> to a certain extent, but I had, uh, I have a theory in terms of when they help the most. Or yeah. what stage of like development 
people are at and also I think on like the type of person so I'll, I'll get into that later but I have had I've developed some hypotheses very very interesting yeah <laughs> and uh caveating that Leo wrote these notes so I'm very I like read through them and just like added some of my own commentary but the research was heavily done by Leo so, and I don't know how much you can trust me because clearly this research helped me to then <laughs> like get fucking overwhelmed by my inner critic. So I don't know. This is a disclaimer. Listen to this to your own uh, <laughs> risk. No. To your own. You said this in one of our other episodes where you're like, uh, you're like legally for legal reasons. Oh yeah. Don't, do not do not take anything I say too serious that same disclaimer still applies should i quickly go into my highs and lows please do my darling please please mine will probably be very very quick um (laughs) what is what a shocker (laughs) um so my high is that i'm in jordan yay my family and the weather's nice i've been sitting in the garden obviously i'm still working from home this week and then like leo said i'm off for two weeks which is gonna be so nice that is so Um, long i know i'm literally off from the my last day of working is the i don't know (laughs) 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 we're so useless um no the 28th (laughs) is my last day of working and then i'm back on the 15th wow so that is so beautiful yeah and the plan is to be in the sun, to go swimming, oh. spend time with family, eat good food, oh. um, help. I'm helping the parents out as well because they're doing like some stuff, some like DIY projects in like the garden and stuff. So it should be it should be fun, just good energy, good times. Um, but it's nice to be like at home and like eating my mom's food and stuff. I'm just like having a good time. Oh my god. My low, however, which I think slightly ties into this episode as well, is that well. It's kind of, mm, I'm like, is it a high slash low? I don't know. Basically, not a high. It, it's a low. It's I went to my cousin's slash aunt's. Not house. me saying not a high. <laughs> not a high. Give us a low car. Get deep. Get every. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I went to my aunt's house. And this is the aunt, which like, if you have listened to other conversations that we've had in terms of like body image and stuff, this is like the aunt that always makes comments about my body. Um, I've never like, met her, her but I really dislike her <laughs> because of this. She is very old, so like I'm giving her like the benefit of the doubt. Like she is nice. I think she's I don't know, whatever. I'm trying to be nice. Um but basically my dad was like she's been phoning, like she wants to see you and I literally was like I do not cuz in my head I was like I don't like I'm not ready. I've just come yeah. here for like a day. I'm not ready to go see you and to be called fat. Like I don't want to have that conversation. Yeah. Um and and the low of that situation was more just like me realizing how much that impacted me to the point where I was like trying to avoid to see her and then when eventually I was like okay, we have to go see her like kind of get it over with. I started telling myself like I was saying it out loud, out loud. I was like, Kata, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. Purely just so that I can hear it. So that I was like trying to, I was like mentally uh, preparing myself to hear it from someone else. That's not good at all. This is the opposite of affirmations. Well, I wasn't like trying to, I wasn't like saying it to like believe it in myself. It was more just like trying to hear it out loud so that when she does say it, I was kind of like, well, you've heard it like 10 times today. It wouldn't mean anything, you know? Um, Not that there's anything bad with like being fat, by the way. But yeah, I just to clarify no. but <laughs> yeah. yeah 
<laughs> Leo trying to be politically correct. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Um, but it's a problem when it's being told in a negative yeah. way to you as like yeah. an insult. Yeah. Um, but and then like even picking out my outfit to go see her as well. Like she, we were going to her beach, her pool house where she has literally a pool, and like I could have gone swimming, but I chose to like not bring my swimsuit intentionally so that I wasn't put in a situation where I had to show my body. Um, yeah. Which I also think is fair. Like you shouldn't feel like you have to do that when you're with people that you don't feel comfortable with. Exactly what Leo yeah. was saying. Like the reason her holiday felt so special was was because she was in a space where she knew she could, yeah. you know, be in that situation. But I was also just very like annoyed at myself that I had spent like an hour also trying to f- pick an outfit that I thought made me look the best because I was like caring. I was trying to like prevent that situation from happening yeah. as well. Um, so it, it was purely a low because I'm like, wow, this really does like impact you. Um, and like me trying to go through hoops to look a way to please her. Like, I'm, I wore yeah. an outfit that I thought, okay, this will make me look the skinniest so that she wouldn't make a comment. Like, it's so pathetic. Yeah. Um, she didn't call me fat this time. So, yay me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, basically, it was just a bit annoying because I had just come here. I was excited about being home. And those thoughts, like, already crept up and I just was, yeah. like, not ready for them. So it was a bit of, like, an annoying annoying situation and also like the fact that she didn't say anything negative Mm. the fact that that also made me happy yeah was also like not a good thing you know like looking at it I'm I'm like I know I shouldn't I shouldn't base like how I perceive myself on like comments from other people yeah so if she said oh you look horrible you should change I already know that like I'm not in that place where I wouldn't let those comments affect me, if that yeah. makes sense. So yeah, it was just a bit of a bit of a difficult start, I guess, to being at home. But I haven't let that affect me with like eating the food that I want to eat here. Like that's so good. I'm I'm just having I'm just trying to have a good time, and yeah. I'm I'm hoping that I wouldn't have to like be in that situation again until I'm yeah. like anytime soon. So yeah, that is my my low. I'm curious, and you can not answer this if you don't want to, but you mm. shared with me, like, what exactly, or, you know, a phrasing of, the phrasing she used when she was, like, then comment, because she did comment about your appearance, because I don't know why yeah, she yeah. has nothing better to do, uh, and I'd be interested <laughs> to, if you could tell the podcast, and then, like, how it made, how that specific comment made you feel, like, whether that, do you feel like it triggered anything, or, you know, like, the reverse, how, like, someone's compliments can almost like trigger you into yeah so basically it was like a backhanded compliment yeah it was it was like oh you look really good now like I can tell you've lost weight um not like in Christmas when I saw you you were like really fat and now and I'm like by the way I haven't changed the way I look like at all like nothing's changed since then um but in that and and exactly like they were saying like even in that moment I was like oh okay so it like made my brain go back in those things of like okay this is what it feels like like when people think that you've lost weight yeah then you're gonna be getting these compliments so um I think I had like a moment of like I think even like when because we went for like a barbecue as well and I like I could have eaten more but I think in that moment as well Mm. I was like oh no I've gotten that compliment so I need her to think I'm I need her to think I look good for the rest of the day you know it's it's so pathetic it's not Um, pathetic it's sad I guess it's like sad to have to think about these things um but I I guess like credits to me if I want to think of it in a positive way it didn't affect me that much where like 
Yeah. I've thought about it after that day. So I genuinely and I know that a lot of people like go through this with like family members or people that make these comments, but I can't imagine how like you and other people deal with that because I remember I got one comment from my granddad, literally I think probably now twelve years ago about something to do with my body and I still remember it like it because I feel like you almost know that they love you and they're like in your mind just putting things out there bluntly the way they see it you know which I almost feel like hurts more yeah and because you're waiting for them you just know that the next time you see them they will be like it it becomes an obvious thing that when they see you, they are thinking these things because yeah. they're even happy to, to say it. Yeah. So it's almost like every time you see these people, you're worried. You're like, you know, you're being watched. Yeah. And you know that they're thinking these things. And it's just, it's yeah, it's very hard. It's so interesting as well, because I remember, like, apart from, you know, that comment, I never really received comments about my weight in a negative way from family members. But I remember a lot of conversations about other people's yeah, weight. Yeah, it's like what they talk about. Exactly. It's like, it's like they have nothing else to talk about. That, and, and, and the thing is this aunt as well, she says it about everyone else. Like she'll say it to my mom as well. She'll say it about my other, like other people, you know? So I'm like, they lit- it almost gets to the point where it's like, are they saying it because they literally have nothing else to say? Um, and they like commenting about and gossiping about other people, you know? Yeah. It's very weird. But a bit of a high as well as my dad... Because he knew I was uncomfortable Aww. before. Like, I told him, I was like, I literally don't want to hear whatever. So when she started making comments as well, like, even though it wasn't bad, he was like, um, he he stood up for me. He was like, stop Aww. making comments about her weight. Like, leave her alone. You know, like, he was saying That's it in so a jokey good. way. But I was yeah. still like, well done, dad. Well done for standing up for me. That's really, really nice. good. That's really important. Yeah, love that. I'm very proud of your dad. I'm very proud of you. And... Well done. Wow. I feel like we did good body image wise. Yeah. We had some hurdles. Well, I'll give some updates because I also, I still haven't been in like a swimsuit yet. So that's, yeah. um, that's next week's problem. But, uh, or <laughs> let's not talk about it negatively. Okay. That's next week's, uh, I don't know, hurdle that we yeah. will get. We will get on the other side of that. But yeah, in general, I think we've done well. We're, we've, we're sticking we're realizing the situations and we're sticking to our our truth and we know that other people and other people's thoughts don't matter it's just yeah i feel like but it's, it's okay in the moment to wobble and then like afterwards be yeah like, you know what? fuck what everyone else thinks and i'm still very mm, curious or conflicted about my own body image why are we speaking so much about body image in this episode but whatever it's okay um i think it's normal for a girl like especially women a lot yeah, of them to be related critic, yeah it's gonna it a lot of it is gonna have to do with body image and to be fair that was probably my like the majority of what my inner critic was probably about until i was like 21 ish i feel like it was yeah. all very appearance focused like not only my weight um, but I guess the weight yeah. was like the symptom, right? It feels like an easy fix to just lose weight and then yeah. you'll feel suddenly amazingly confident. Spoiler alert, you do not. But I was <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the fact that, for example, this holiday, we took photos yeah. or even like I took some selfies and whatnot or like, and I 
liked the way I looked in the photos. So that's also yeah. maybe why I didn't, or I liked the way I looked. So then I was like, am I just okay with my body image because I'm right now liking the way I look? But then again, I, then I was thinking about it just now. And there's been times where I've like, again, because my weight really hasn't fluctuated, you know, yeah, that much recently. So I feel like there's been times where I've looked the exact same but because my mental space was negative, I didn't like what I saw. So I do think it's just completely no, so related to like your own mental framing of It really does. And it's and it's actually scary, I think, how how in such a short time frame, it mm. could be even like an hour, you the way you see yourself in the mirror yeah. completely changes. Cause even that was me, like that morning before I knew we were gonna see her, I was feeling really cute and like yeah my cozy out whatever I like didn't think of anything of my body and then yeah. as soon as I was trying on clothes I like instantly saw myself as this like you know I was already like yeah. seeing myself almost how I thought she would see me yeah um but that morning and and it for me it also might slightly be like body dysmorphia because I do think I've I do think I have that slightly yeah um but it shows you like the power of, of the mindset like if you're yeah. going into it thinking negatively you will see your you like you're projecting it as well to what you see so um and it's like that so if you had one bad photo that you looked at and you're like is that what I look like that's gonna then the rest of the holiday you're gonna be looking at that photos and almost like yeah projecting like wait is that what I look like you know yeah I did see one I did see one photo at the end of the holiday which I didn't like but I was able to move past it pretty well. So again, yeah. that that was good. Because I remember yeah. last time I was in like the same place, which was two years ago. I had one day where like my body image was really bad. Um, that was not fun. Again, it was related to photos, which is which is why I wanted to take a lot. Like I didn't do any like bikini photo shoots or, you know, the like, yeah. Instagram stuff. That was stuff. one of the things we said like to yeah. try to do and see if that... And clearly that helped it's me helped. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like not... I feel like obviously photos were taken, but it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to pose in my bikini and then look at the photos after and analyze how I'm looking and seeing if I can, you know, uh, yeah, that I don't think would have been that helpful. So I'm, I'm glad that didn't happen. It was almost like a side effect. Like I often didn't know photos were being taken even, which was probably the best way. Yeah. I also think if, um, if you guys saw on Instagram, the stories that Leah put, I think the photos being taken genuinely seem to capture like really candid yeah moments and memories rather than like it being yeah. planned yeah which I think makes that ma- and even the ones that were planned were like funny and like yeah you know you see you really see the environment and like that you can see the story of the photo rather it being like opposed to make sure your body looks yeah. a certain way which I love I love so much and I think the fact that you were also very happy in that moment you can see it in the photos that's what we were saying like the fact that when you're happy in a specific photo you're gonna like it more because you remember the feeling like I don't necessarily think I look like I was literally makeup free in all of the photos like I don't think I necessarily look the prettiest in the photos but I love the photos because they have like such beautiful like memories and connotations to it and it's like the vibe of them i maybe i'll, p- I'll post a dump when at the same time that i that we post this episode so yeah so you that guys people don't have like actually... nothing to go off yeah <laughs> so maybe we can go into yeah. the actual episode your topico uh 
<laughs> Please don't think this was me trying to speak Spanish. I promise it wasn't. You should do the whole episode. Like, <laughs> welcome. Yeah, off. I feel like we've kind of we've like touched on what we're going to talk about, but yeah. Um, Car, can you read? Also, can you read the uh, AI intro? Yeah, <laughs> we were for some because Leo wrote the notes on Notion, and um, she was like, "Oh my god, look at this!" Because Notion has this like new chat. It's very similar to chat. I'm guessing it's the same thing. It's just on Notion. Yeah. But we we typed an intro for this episode just for the shits and gigs, and basically it says, "Welcome to the Inner Critic Podcast, <laughs> where we explore the impact of negative self talk and how to manage it." In this episode, we'll dive into the concept of the inner critic, including its definition, philosophy, and neurophysiology. We'll also discuss how the inner critic can affect our mental health and well-being and provide tips for managing it. So sit back, relax, and let's learn how to silence that nagging voice in our heads. To be honest, why does this sound exactly like what we put in our descriptions? (laughs) I'm honest, I'm going to use Notion AI. We need to start using this. Yeah, yeah. To write our descriptions, because I would have probably written this in like half an hour. The same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like we, yeah, true. So thank you, Notion um, AI, for this intro. Thank you so much. And that's and exactly what yeah. we're gonna do. So go on, Leo. Tell us what is, what is the inner critic? I'm not gonna lie. The first part <laughs> of my of my notes was also written by AI because <laughs> I was like I just it's the first time that I've ever used AI because I've never been able to use like what is it called chatbot GPT or whatever yeah chat GPT chat GPT because it's always like busy so this is the first time <laughs> so I was like he has been trying <laughs> <laughs> so this was the first time that I could use AI I did like what is the inner critic write me an article <laughs> Oh my god, love that. Okay, yeah. go on, read it. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you ever feel like there's a voice in your head that's constantly criticizing you? That nagging voice <laughs> that tells you that you're not good enough or smart enough? This voice is your inner critic, and it can be a powerful force in your life. It can hold you back from pursuing your goals and dreams, cause you to feel anxious and depressed, and affect your self-esteem and confidence. It's that little nagging voice that tells us that we're not good enough, that we're not smart enough, and that we're not trying it's like repeating itself <laughs> okay okay ai um that was it okay now it's just going into my notes <laughs> hope you enjoyed that love it. um so basically the, the definition of what an inner critic is and i guess the whole reason why we wanted to look into it in the first place is i think it's a concept that's like come up in multiple episodes or in, it's like a, yeah. a lot underlying i think most of a lot of people's mental health issues like yeah or like negative self-talk you know this is literally the heart the origins of negative self-talk which yeah we, all we did an episode hate. on negative Girl. self-talk or i did did i or did we i don't remember so i think i, I must have done yeah yeah so if you want to check sorry self-promo <laughs> but if you want to check that out as well <laughs> go ahead do it i love car solo episodes <laughs> so the definition of the inner critic which i found interesting because i'd never heard it put this way uh in research terms is a well integrated system of and that i found interesting well integrated yeah interesting well integrated system of critical and negative thoughts and attitudes of the self that interferes with the individual's organa <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was like i'm gonna say like orgasmic no we wish that interferes with the- I think that's like 
sorry but that's like every student's fear in like biology <laughs> class <laughs> and they're reading organism and they're like try, don't say it wrong don't say it wrong i'm sorry but what is this word organismic <laughs> organismic okay. That interferes with the individual's organismic experiencing process. Or another definition that I found, a well-integrated, again, same word, well-integrated pattern of destructive thoughts towards ourselves and others. So a couple interesting bits here. Like the well-integrated, I found probably the stuck out to me just because it shows how it's very difficult often to even differentiate it from like our thoughts or, you know, things that are rational because it's just such a core part of our, yeah. you know. Or the fact that it taps into like a lot of your unconscious thoughts as well. Yeah. And how we experience like the world. And yeah. again, thoughts, attitudes. And I again found it interesting that it was obviously probably the majority of the time when we're referring to it, it's going to be towards ourselves, but that it can also be applied to your thoughts about other people which goes hand in hand with the fact that I feel like you know we talk about this quite a lot when people are unhappy they're much more likely to be mean towards other people or unkind to other people when they're also being unkind to themselves so yeah same with bullies you know like every doesn't excuse being mean to other people or being a bully but you bet that everyone who is acting in that way is not a happy person that is happy with themselves so from my understanding as well it's very much like a a, a big proportion of the inner critic comes from like your environment and what you've been brought up with and like the society that you're in so Mm -hmm. when it's like a reflection of this like those destructive thoughts to yourselves it almost comes from external sources so it, it makes sense to also marry that to like the people around you as well like if you don't like something in yourself you're obviously not gonna like that thing in someone yeah. else either and you're probably gonna look outwards and be like yeah i don't like i wouldn't want to look like that you know so toxic but um yeah that's my understanding of that i would love to know from you like what have your experiences been with the inner critic or there are some examples that like I listed of like you know what what yeah. typical examples could be like there's like you're stupid you're not attractive you'll never be successful don't be vulnerable you'll get hurt like those are like common examples that I found and I feel like to some extent I've potentially like had certain bits of these but yeah. I, I wanted I would love to know from you which what is like common things that your inner critic I kind of want to like give her a different name. Can we give our inner critics like names? In yeah. This episode, like who who's what's what's she called for you, or or is it a him? What what do you feel like is the inner no? Critic? She's a she for mm-hmm. me. What's her name? Should we use our drunk alter ego names? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. For me, it's Crystal. Crystal's a bitch. My inner critic. Oh, what was my name again? Sydney. Yours no. was Brittany. Brittany. Similar enough. Okay. Yeah. Perfect uh to be honest for me my I think it's very similar to your situation where it's very much shifted in different phases of my life Mm. so definitely like in those years where I was like finally getting like compliments about the way I looked um and whatever that it was then heavily focused it's almost like my brain was like picking okay like that's the thing you're gonna be really critical about Mm. and like you know care a lot about so I think growing up it was very much around that but also like a big a big portion of my inner critic which doesn't help when you're a twin as well um in school and you're like constantly being compared to that person uh 
I always I always used to like vocalize as well. I feel like even my inner critic is I'm I very much say it as well. I don't mm. keep those thoughts to myself. I'm I'm like happy to project me being like <laughs> negative, which obviously is not good. But I always used to like make comments, and I still do this now to be honest. But I used to make comments like, "Oh, I'm you know, I'm like the dumb one," or like "I'm the stupid sister." Um, mm. So it's very much like, and I truly believed that, I think, at that time. Like, I didn't feel like I, I don't know. I felt like I was just like goo goo gaga, like moving across <laughs> life. Very much like, don't know what's happening. Whereas like my sister was always portrayed to be this person that like has their shit together. She's street smart. She's book smart. You know, she has it all. Whereas I was, I'd never felt that way. And in my inner voice, it also told me like this, like you will never be like that. Mm. Um, So it was very much like that. And I think now going into my career a lot of the things and because it's such a big part of my life like literally every single day I have those thoughts quite a lot like when I'm in a situation where I don't really know how to fix a problem that's going on I will literally be like Kara you're such an idiot like I literally talk to myself be like you're such an idiot like why didn't you see this Mm. like why didn't you see this issue or you're so dumb like how can you not fix this why is this taking you so long like I genuinely talk to myself in my head you said it today on the call yeah I said it today to you yeah well it's because I'm going through that moment right now um so I'll say that I'll be like yeah I'm so or I'll start sentences off as well being like I'm probably being dumb Mm. but can you help me with this like I I start off sentences very negatively and it comes from my inner critic being like you're dumb like why don't you know this yeah um so yeah I, I I mean reading the examples that you have like I do feel like I've had them all in terms of relationships though because I know some of some of the things here the examples here are like oh he doesn't like thinking things like oh he doesn't really care about you or like you're better off on your own like kind of destructive thoughts when it comes to relationships I wouldn't say I've entirely had those Uh, if anything my inner critic is like go for the toxic boy (laughs) (laughs) it's like telling me to go for something that I shouldn't do instead of like because I think most of the time as well, the inner critic is a very, like, that voice is very, as much as it can come across as negative and, like, counterproductive to, you know, y- your growth or whatever, it is trying to protect you, even if it doesn't seem it that way, I personally think. But yeah, what about you? What would you say has been your experiences with your inner critic, with Brittany? What's she like? Tell me. What does she talk? What does she tell you? Britney bitch. (laughs) It's Britney bitch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Similar to you, I think when I was younger, and I was thinking about this when I was having my uh, meltdown. (laughs) My little moment. My little moment. (laughs) When Britney had her moment to shine, she really shined. Um, I was thinking about the fact that I think a lot of my, like, my negative thoughts around my appearance my body etc stemmed from the fact that like as a child and then as a teenager I just and I think this is very common experience I'm not saying I think this is very like ununique to me you know but I very much felt like there was just something wrong with me like I also because I was an only child so again very different to you but I would always, because I would always read so much and like my imagination was kind of like the only friend I had. This sounds like a bit sad, but I would like spend all of my time from like as long as I can remember dreaming about alternative versions of me or like dreaming about alternative scenarios where 
I would mm. look different. I I mean, often I was like blonde and like, you know, whatever, super pretty and, you know, etc. Yeah. Uh, I'd often like have more money. I'd because again, that was probably something that I was like comparing myself a lot when I was younger to people that like had, you know, a, a better financial status than me growing up. And yeah, there was just like always things where I felt like I, yeah, I was always looking up to this imaginative like other versions of me and would if I was like those then I would you know have made it or whatever and I think that kind of translated to like a lot of like my first romantic experiences were just like rejection or I I would often like not really go for things but I would like like someone and then I remember my like very first crush I he didn't know (laughs) I liked him to be fair like we were just friends but I really liked him and he like pulled me aside and he was like oh I have something to tell you and he was like oh I really fancy and then he told me like my friend's name and I was like heart <laughs> so then I had to like obviously be like oh my god like I'm gonna try and like set you up like me literally being like under 10 years old but you know <laughs> I gonna set you up like I was you a- planning like a play date or something <laughs> I probably didn't say I'm gonna set you up but like and I was like oh my god I'm so happy for you like blah blah obviously not I was not happy for anyone in that moment um girl so and I, moment. I feel like a lot of like my experiences were uh, similar to that even like as a teenager which then I think why I flipped and then was like okay I'm you know gonna focus on my appearance or you know very very comparison driven so I think that was very much my experiences uh yeah I would say yeah uh, up till uni were very yeah appearance critical uh, comparison I feel like that's also like an example of inner critic if it's like a negative comparison you know yeah yeah definitely I think the one thing I haven't which is interesting like the one thing I didn't struggle with was like the the academia things I think because that's an area where like I always felt very confident and never my not my street smart because I'm very aware that I am not street smart but (laughs) (laughs) I I've always been quite like book smart and like confident in that again that's because like I did well in like the academia system uh and yeah that type of learning suited me you know I'm I feel like that yeah. that's why so not can I quickly say something not to make yeah. it about me but I think um like with my situation I think it it does come back uh, it does come down to comparison so mm-hmm. for example if I wasn't if I looked at my situation in school without comparing it to anyone else it's not like I actually was yeah not doing well like I was above average yeah I was you know I did I actually did get good grades but it was never good enough because I was still always below someone else I think this is the element of like comparison that it comes to is yeah sometimes it's hard to look at it objectively just with your own situation and it's where where these like external forces and like environmental like conditioning that you're surrounded with whether it's with your family or your school or like the culture that you're in these things kind of you compare yourself to and you want to achieve these things and that's what the voice in your head is telling you it's saying like okay you you're not good enough because you're not performing as good as this person or or you could be doing better why aren't you working harder like you shouldn't have done this you know it's it's the voice trying to protect you so that you don't feel that way when you're being compared to someone else I think yeah yeah I definitely agree because I feel like you're not good enough or you're not as xyz as x person is a very common like inner critic thought to have yeah Uh, yeah and nowadays I feel like it's sometimes the appearance thing comes back up but it's 
so much better and so much more manageable than it used to be yeah and I feel like I can I can rationalize that part more but I think at the moment it's it's really interesting if you guys haven't listened to the episode that I did about like my like failures which probably would give you very good background on me and my (laughs) issues um (laughs) my experiences that I talked about in that episode made me question for a very long time and still make me question whether I'm a good person or not and whether I'm deserving of a healthy relationship or whether I'm capable of having a healthy relationship and that's like those inner critic thoughts that were coming up like this week it was kind of like those damaging thoughts of like oh karma's gonna hit me and yeah I'm gonna or I don't know it's just like fear that I'm gonna lose Marco he's gonna leave me etc like very damaging thoughts because they're not based on facts and I rationally know this and it's still in that moment like didn't really help me to know that it's not rational because it was again I think it's just grounded in such like base fears you know of like again going back to like the rejection like being alone feeling like you're yeah yeah so I think that's I think what the I th- inner critic is your inner critic is doing its best and obviously not yeah. in a good way but when it makes you question like what is real and what's not real yeah so in those situations like even even though afterwards rationally you could be like obviously that's not gonna happen yeah. in those moments where like your inner, inner critic is talking really loudly and like making you think yeah. these things it's because it's blurring yeah like what is real and what's not real and yeah yeah so it's really hard, I think, in those moments where it, it does take over. And, like, you feel proper anxious. It can be yeah, really difficult. Yeah, same with, like, appearance. I feel like you... Or anything that the inner critic tells you. Like, it genuinely warps your perception of who you are. And it's really difficult yeah. to know what is, like, a rational judgment and what is the truth. And I feel like often you feel like the inner critic is almost like, oh, that, but that's the objective truth, you know? Yeah. Um, if I was honest with myself, this is what it would be the truth. Which, yeah. it, it's not true it's not but that's like I think what we tell ourselves and it's very clever of the inner critic the inner critic really is a genius sometimes but (laughs) so yeah I feel like my my relationship things again I just yeah the fears of like just not being good enough and I just have something to lose now you know so that's that's really what I don't I just don't want to lose it because I'm actually in love so that's I want to keep so so lovely (laughs) I know I, it's something obviously I need to work on because I mean Marco's extremely and I maybe I can like give him a cringy shout out but um, he's <laughs> I really genuinely like want to thank him like from the bottom of my heart because he is so not only like good and patient with dealing with me he makes me feel like the things that I'm going through in my mind are like what he loves about me like it's really I've never had that before where he's like openly expressed that like my overthinking brain and my emotionality is like it's like he loves that about me you know and obviously he like doesn't want me to go through pain but it's not something where he's like you know we deal with this because I love you and you know it's like a yeah everything has like pros and cons he He loves you because of it yeah in addition to the rest of you yeah yeah so that I do want to, like, honestly thank 
him so much I'm so grateful and I feel like that's how I know that I can overcome the irrational you know inner critic side of me because you know I feel very grateful to have someone by my side in in this sense you know in this specific like relationship scenario yeah and it's definitely going to go through cycles like yeah I think that's that's the thing as well as we're not sitting here being like okay we know that there's an inner critic and like it's saying bad things and like we can fix it and get rid of these thoughts because like that's not real that's not realistic either and I think anxiety because now I feel like a lot of it is linked to anxiety as well but that doesn't just like disappear you know so it's just going to be moments of like okay how do you manage it when it does come also hormones because I feel like a lot of us like women which are 92% of you listening will go through this like in at the week I was on holiday I was ovulating I was feeling fabulous I come back I'm in the luteal phase I am feeling immediately more well you know anxious inner critic is like coming up a lot more it's so really true. interesting and like I mean it's obviously like a PMS symptom <laughs> I wonder how that exactly you know correlates in terms of biologically what makes you more susceptible almost to like the inner critic yeah I was thinking I was thinking that as well because because a lot of it will have to do with external factors but also like are people more prone to have a more critical like inner voice than other people I don't know the answer to that I feel like there must be something (laughs) I don't know what it is but (laughs) I honestly have no idea but I feel like I mean this I don't know if I'm going to make a really offensive statement that it had literally I'm completely this is not science based at all but I feel like a lot of people who are like (laughs) incredible geniuses in like their fields like whether it's like musical artistic uh like writing theater like often they deal with a lot of inner demons and like a lot of mental health battles you know yeah and again that's obviously I mean because I was googling or I was researching like the the negative side effects of like the inner critic and a lot of it was uh around not only like self-esteem and confidence and you know relationships performance but it also it can actually lead to like addictions and like self-destructive behavior depression yeah like injuries suicide anxiety like you know binge eating disorders etc like there's a lot of of things so I feel like it's uh, yeah our mind is just extremely complex and it's very interesting almost like the more complex and intelligent it is sometimes the more it's like trying to destroy itself from like the inside out um that's so true yeah so annoying um but one thing I wanted to bring (laughs) up was so I also found uh an article that said that many people think that if they stop listening to their critical inner voice that they will lose touch with their conscience so that they feel like it's like their moral guide and or like you know what's telling what's actually you know again telling them like what's the truth or what's good and but actually it's you know the critical inner voice isn't a trustworthy moral guide like a conscience like in on the contrary it's actually degrading and often leads us to make unhealthy decisions and it just increases self-hatred without actually motivating us to change or act in like a constructive manner and that really struck me because obviously like one of my reoccurring inner critic thoughts is that I'm like not a I don't know if I think I'm not a good person but something around those lines you know and obviously that's like in a way I feel like 
that is that has to be true to some extent because that must be like my conscience speaking you know like I almost feel like I can't ignore it because that would be ignoring some sort of yeah moral guideline because I have acted wrong in the past and that's why I deserve to feel like a bad person yeah you know this that makes sense in my head and I feel a physical discomfort at the thought of letting go of those critical inner thoughts I think exactly because of this because I feel like this is my moral guide even though again I mean reading this research and I feel like but you don't apply that moral guide to the other people around you so when you hear like let's say you hear a story about me making a mistake in the past you would not hold it against me now and be like well you're a bad person because you did this bad thing in the past so so why does that apply like why do you trust that view of me but you can't trust it to yourself because Brittany has very <laughs> Brittany, you sound a bit manipulative, okay? <laughs> I don't know if I like you. <laughs> it's all Brittany's fault. She's really getting God. to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I get what you mean. Like, it's the, it's the confusing bit of, like, but that voice is us. So, like, why yeah. can't... And I feel like we always say, like, the one person that's going to have your back is you. And so when, you're, when your inner voice is, and your inner critic is telling you this, it's almost like, well, why shouldn't I believe this? Because it's... Like, that's the person that knows me the most. No one else knows me as well as that inner critic knows me. But I also think, like, we can't ignore a big part of the inner... Like, when I think of an inner critic as well, I think of, like, the voice in my head that questions... That's, like, critical of a lot of things in a good way. Like, I don't think it should always be... A negative thing so for example me questioning things and I don't think that's society. the inner critic though I think that's just your I, I think that's just you applying critical thinking because the definition of I guess it goes back to critic, like being critical to yourself yeah it's like it's, more self yeah because it's like negative thoughts that interfere with our like I don't know our experiences and then also destructive thoughts like us questioning things I think is really important but again I I think it's exactly like sometimes it can be so difficult to distinguish what is like us being mm, intelligently like genuinely questioning yeah yeah or or what is our inner critic being irrational and just you know engaging in self-destructive behavior and creating like a really pessimistic picture of the world which isn't actually the truth yeah so maybe like the the critical curious self that like part of you can tap into that inner critic and and like then it's like an internal battle of like you talking to your inner critic being like are you actually saying this because you want me to improve and you want me to be a better person are you saying this to be self like you can question yeah. Maybe what I'm trying to say is you can question your inner critic. It's not like it exists and that's it. Yeah. You do have the power to like have those conversations with yourself and question these things. Yeah. One also, other thing, so... Yeah. yeah, go on. No, no, you go No, 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 you say. No, 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 you go. No, 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 you say. Well, no, 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 this no. is just a random thought, but I know, like, I know not everyone thinks... Because I literally have a voice in my head. Like, I do speak to mm. myself. And I know some people don't have that and they think in like imagery so i wonder mm-hmm. if those people this is any just a curious thing from that i'm thinking of is like i'm wondering their inner critic how do they receive 
that information, if that's also through visuals or if it's genuinely like a voice, I don't know. It's curiosity. I'm just thinking out loud. In terms of the visuals, that's really interesting. I watched this TED talk, which actually my coach at work sent me, about the inner critic. And he did this exercise where he drew his inner critic over like a period of time. Interesting. And the inner critic like changed visually, like every time he drew his inner critic. And he then asked, like, a lot of other people, like, online to also draw their inner critic and, like, got, like, thousands of submissions. And it's actually wow. really interesting to see, like, how people visualize their inner critics. Like, I think some of them were, like, monsters. Others were, mm. like, you know, nuns or authoritative figures. It was very fascinating. So, I mean, I think that's actually I'd an love interesting exercise. Yeah. yeah. If you have some time or if you're, like in a space where you can like just grab a piece of paper and like doodle something whilst you're listening can to you this. picture what your inner critic is because we i know we're saying like Brittany and crystal but like is it genuinely just like another version of us to me it feels like me yeah yeah for me it feels like me too <laughs> <laughs> which is maybe where like i want to move away from because that's why i like find it difficult because i almost i trust myself in terms of like I trust my brain, you know, I trust that I'm, I'm having, that I have like intelligent thoughts or whatever that I can on a regular basis trust. So that almost yeah. makes it like more difficult, you know, cause I'm like, this just feels like another thought that must be true, which yeah. it's not. I think, I think, I definitely think like if you see that inner critic as, as a really close reflection of yourself, that's when it mm. makes it harder to like yeah. distinguish between Whereas if you know it's like if you visualize it as like genuinely like a monster speaking to you, then yeah. you kind of you can sit back and be like, oh, that's not the yeah. real me. That's like wanting to better me. It's the version of me that yeah, interesting, yeah. very very interesting. By Maybe the way, this episode is that. very much uh, us learning on the spot and like questioning things. So I hope clearly it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you are enjoying us questioning this and like are also questioning things and trying to figure it out yeah. while you're listening. Yeah, I researched a little bit, obviously, like the effects of the inner critical voice and again I mean we've kind of mentioned this but it was just saying that it's not an auditory hallucination it's experiences like thoughts within your head and that yeah. again they're in in the root of a lot of our like maladaptive or self-destructive behavior apparently a study following people over time showed that individuals who were self-critical when they were 12 were also less engaged in high school and by age 31 they hadn't pursued as many years of schooling and were more apt to have more emotional and social issues which is interesting uh then what i also found interesting was professor kristen neff who is like basically known as like the professor of uh self-compassion i actually have her book as well she's very she's probably one of like the most prominent researchers i feel like in the in the self-compassion field yeah. So she explains that when we are overly self-critical, our brain reacts similarly to when someone else criticizes us. So the brain releases a burst of stress hormones, for example, like cortisol, adrenaline. And when we self-bully, we attack ourselves. So we are both the victim and the aggressor, which means we receive a double like shot of cortisol, basically. And then over time, obviously, again, this is like excessive stress hormones, which damage both our mental and physical health. It was interesting because it was saying that like this abuser's tone can be like the most detrimental to us psychologically, like the, you know, self-loathing, you know, self-directed hostility. And yeah. that it can be really difficult to sometimes distinguish between, you know, what is reality, what is uh, what is not, which again, we've kind of already already touched on 
yeah let's see anything else you want to mention from this section well i just yeah i found it really like even reading that as well i found that so interesting that like so for example with my aunt situation right like i'm worried so much about the comments that she's telling me and and it happens like once every few months whereas i say this those same exact things to myself almost every Mm. single day and it might not seem like it's the same impact but when it's causing me like that much you know i'm putting so much energy every single day into those thoughts um it clearly is affecting my brain the, yeah equally or probably a bit more to be honest like yeah. having those comments to myself so yeah i think it's it makes you realize as well like the whole you know when people are like oh would you talk to your best friend the way that you talk to yeah. yourself it's literally so true because why would you it like it genuinely affects your brain the same way as if you're being bullied by someone else or like someone else telling you these things which you would think hurts more when you're hearing it th- by someone else but like this is saying otherwise like it affects you the same way you know yeah i genuinely feel like it affects it makes complete sense to me that it should be that it's almost like double as bad because you know when someone criticizes or says something mean about you but it's something where you an area you feel confident in for example and then you can actually just brush it off yeah because i think when we are like confident specific areas we are able to distinguish what is truth what is false from other people's opinions and then those are easier to you know kind of sort into yeah. truth not truth things i should look into things that don't matter versus if we are telling that to ourselves, again it's like a lot more destructive and it's dif- more difficult to challenge it and instead super easy to act on those thoughts and i also read something interesting which was that those like destructive internalized thoughts can lead to a sense of alienation so this feeling of being removed from ourselves and distant from those that we love and I definitely have experienced that I feel like I mean eating disorders are like a prime example I think of the inner critic like really winning and and ruling your day-to-day life and it's very very alienating you feel very very distant from I feel like everyone in your life and I feel like with most mental health struggles like you feel like you are the only one in this you know and yeah it's so isolating even when I was having like the you know my my anxious I don't know attack period whatever you call it I was feeling so alone in that moment you know because again it's yeah it, it was very very interesting and What can be especially tough to resist about the self-critic is that it can masquerade as reality. A self-attacking thought that really seems to be a painful reflection of the truth is far more persuasive than a thought that clearly doesn't map onto the way things are at all. Yeah. Which is so clever of our critical voice. It like takes something which like we kind of are insecure about and we think is kind of true and then just like, you know, takes that and like distorts it into like the worst case. Yeah. The, The notes that I added onto this section was me just like when I was reading the notes I was like you know when people are talking about the law of attraction and like manifestation Mm. and affirmations I'm like this is literally like the opposite of that um and it just made me think of like we spend so much time talking about the importance of speaking positivity into existence and like you know like the what what was like the lucky girl trend on TikTok whatever it is um and like doing daily affirmations and and there is a reason for that it's because we're trying to fight against these like unconscious levels of negative thoughts that our inner critic 
is having and for me like reading it I found it kind of funny like the fact that we have to kind of work hard to convince ourselves how worthy we are and like how beautiful we are if I don't know it's just like a weird concept that we're having to like yeah have this internal battle with ourselves yeah um and like even the con it made me like almost question like step back of the concept of affirmations of like having to have to say it to believe it I think it's a very interesting notion when and my dream would be that it's always that given is that you see yourself mm. like you you don't have to put that much effort into starting to believe it or like s- seeing it you know yeah. um so yeah and then I wrote I wrote a little note and I said I personally find that my inner critic is a representation of everything wrong in society <laughs> um because I genuinely think like every everything that I'm push- I'm like doubting myself on is a projection of like what I think society tells me is wrong mm. in me. It's never like on my yeah. for my own thoughts. It's always something to do with like something I've heard from someone or like a neg- any yeah. negative thing that's been put out and projected that could possibly yeah. be projected on me. I want to protect myself. So I'm like, okay, yeah. you need to do everything that you can to make sure that no one else is saying this about you or thinking this about you. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's kind of sad yeah that the inner that we have to fight against the inner critic in that way like by affirmations or you know whatever it is but i, I feel like it does show that because affirmations are like proven to work so it does show yeah. that it's possible to reprogram yeah. the inner critic in some way it will just like take active conscious work yeah which um, is such an interesting concept to me yeah and actually okay maybe we can go into i wonder if how much time we have because we've already been recording for like one hour 15 and it's like midnight here it's i think it's 2 a.m for you and yeah but we can do a part one and part two for this episode yes maybe we do that um so i we can maybe talk a bit more of like the history of the inner critic and then the next episode could be like ways to manage it yeah i can do some more research on that too because i well my plan is to Apart from the tools that, like, I've already researched, I want to look more into meditation as well as as a tool. So I'm kind of challenging yeah. myself to do meditation. I want to do it every day for, like, a month and see what effect that has. Uh, let's see. Interesting. Oh, okay, because I'm dieted. Um, yeah. But, yeah. What I found in terms of... I find yoga very, very fascinating. And it says that in ancient yoga philosophy, the inner critic is considered a manifestation of the ego or ahamkara i mean that's definitely wrongly pronounced but i apologize (laughs) as much as ahamkara is involved with deceptively enjoyable vanity and conceit it can also be the source of painful self-criticism peace of mind and self-love yoga says come when none of these snares of ego entrap us according to yoga it is then that we are truly free which i find is very interesting that it's like because it's so true when you think about like a lot of the inner critic things are very like ego focused it's very yeah. like about like how you're perceived or how you want to be perceived or yeah which i mean apart from maybe cer- certain relationship things but again they can probably still be led back to the ego in some way and again same as like why compliments are like feel so good you know And it's like, in an ideal scenario, you should probably be unaffected. Like, your sense of self shouldn't be affected by either compliments or criticism. And then I just found, in terms of, like, the modern psychotherapy, 
So in the 1950s, this started to become a focus, like self-criticism. And Carl Rogers, who was an American psychotherapist, looked into this and observed a kind of conditional positive regard. So a more critical view of oneself in therapy patients. And according yeah. to Rogers, conditional positive regard towards the self seemed to prevent children from working toward ideals and led to excessive approval seeking in adulthood. And in contrast, his therapy work then discussed unconditional positive regard as a habit of loving oneself through mistakes, big and small. And his theory was basically that by practicing this unconditional positive regard, one can maintain a healthy self-image and align with kind of a vision of an ideal self. So, which I found interesting. So it's kind of like an alignment of self-image and actuality as congruence. Yeah. So I guess that's also a lot to do with like affirmations, you know, kind of unconditional self-compassion, love, etc. Yeah. What what does that make you think of your own inner critic? Cuz for me like it made me realize that I I am that way in the sense that I um my inner critic convinced me that loving myself is conditional to like certain things. Mm. Um, yeah. And, like, my inner critic and my ego will never love me unconditionally. You know? Yeah. Are you, I definitely are you the, same. the same way? Yeah. Yeah. Especially in terms of, like, making mistakes. You know? I definitely feel like I only deserve to love myself or, like, be positive towards myself if I haven't made a mistake. But I guess the definition of mistake will always, like, vary depending on the day my mindset in general you know my perception of it yeah and I found it really interesting in terms of the excessive approval seeking uh kind of being a result of being very self-critical as a child because that's literally exactly what I experienced as well yeah in terms of I'm seeing approval seeking in in my specific instance as like you know validation seeking like for example from like the opposite sex so I find that very, very interesting. I'm yeah. clearly not the only one. <laughs> no, so. no, you're not. <laughs> you're not at all. Yeah, in my notes in the section as well, because I, th- I think, to be honest, for me, I got not confused, but I think I link my inner critic to my critical, like my critical self in general. Mm. Um, but I, I wrote in my notes, I was like, don't get me wrong. I think it's good to be critical of yourself. And your behaviors. And it's good to realize sometimes that you may have not handled a situation properly. Or that you may have hurt someone. Or that you may have made a mistake at work. Or not been a good friend. Like, it's okay to think these things. Um, And you, like... Because I I think in some of the advice which we'll go into in the next episode. It's like, the phrasing of like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. Or I shouldn't have done this. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I think that can be good. Being like, actually, I shouldn't have treated this person this way. Um, It becomes the issue though when it's not the truth and when I think we dramatize the situations in our head to make us feel like that one situation of like not treating let's say not treating a friend properly means that you're not a good person entirely and that you can't like learn from that situation if it like is constantly putting you down instead of being like okay yeah you you could have handled that situation better reaching out to your friend you know trying to make amends or like growing from that situation that's fine but if it's if it's you being like I shouldn't have done that 
I'm a failure. How could I do that? I don't deserve to be, mm. you know, it's like then the spiraling thoughts. I think that's when it becomes yeah. like very, very bad. Yeah, I agree. Again, I feel like it's, that's like the difference between like inner critic and self-awareness, I would say, maybe. Because I've had this these conversations like a lot with Marco where he's very much able to like see mistakes that he's made in the past and he's like, yeah, that was a mistake, but that was like a different chapter. I've learned from it, you know, very able to like see it still have made incredible like improvements kind of self-growth etc but doesn't hold himself morally like to the ground because of yeah whatever mistakes or whatever happened um or perceived mistakes you know and I feel like what I have a lot of the time is obviously I have also made changes actively but I think for a long time I was almost just like stuck in that cycle of literally just like loathing who I was and that's not productive because it's just gonna keep me in a cycle where actually I'm probably then like hurting other people in a different way because I'm just like spending so much energy and time on just hating on myself so it's that's I think where the inner critic comes in and where it's super unproductive it's unproductive it's not actually allowing you to just make necessary changes or to yeah to become a better person which is sometimes what's needed because yeah. that's like what we all are like striving to do at the a end of the day. A lot of us strive to do, yeah. Yeah. Another thing, so I wanted to also look into the neurophysiology behind self-criticism. And obviously we know that, what, why are you laughing at me? Because I'm like, I don't even know what neurophysiology even means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like having to Google it. No, I think I, I think I do know what it means. It's the, the brainy part, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Basically, obviously, the brain is like <laughs> extremely complex, as we all know. And there was one study that was led by Olivia Long, uh, a PhD research fellow. This was at the Aston University's School of Life and Health Sciences. So basically, there was a couple of, of researchers that used fMRI, which I'm not quite sure what that is, but they were studying activation patterns in the brain as it related to self-criticism and self-reassurance. So participants in the study were randomly presented 60 pre-screened negative emotion scenarios. So for example, a third job rejection letter arrived in the post and 60 oh, neutral job emotion rejection. scenarios. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> I know, that, that hurts. Uh, for example, a free local newspaper arrived in the post. And to half of all of the scenarios, participants were asked to imagine responding with self-critical thoughts and half they were asked to imagine responding with self-reassuring thoughts and among different findings results of the study revealed a significant association between self-criticism and the lateral prefrontal cortex of the brain which apparently includes the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex (laughs) and this the abbreviation for this is dlpfc and this is said to be involved in error detection and resolution as well as behavioral response inhibition amongst like other functions so this suggests that one role of self-criticism aka the inner critic is to keep us safe from dangerous repetitive behaviors and possibly life-threatening errors so again this is where it comes up in terms of you know the original point purpose of the inner critic it is what we were saying it is to protect ourselves um so it was saying like you know okay where it's helping protect us is like for example from picking up something that's like a dangerously sharp object again that's where it can be appreciated 
but then when it keeps going because you have sent you forgot to send a message to a friend again and again then it's like okay that's like too much power that it has yeah so I found it's interesting as well because when we think of like when we think of like evolution we I think we think a lot more of like the parts I don't know like organs in our body that we don't need anymore but also there's a lot Mm. of psychological things I mean, there's also, like, the chimp paradox as well, like, the fight or flight mode or, like, anxiety in general. But this is a perfect example of that, of, like... Yeah. There was a reason why the inner critic exists at some point. But yeah. now I feel like we don't need it as much. And when it is active, it's not active for the right reasons, which is... Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. I guess, again, maybe... Because I'm interested if, like, self-criticism can maybe be bucketed in, like those two different things of like what we we're talking about like the inner critic which is like the destructive part and yeah. then the the constructive criticism like for example telling you not to pick up a sharp object again is constructive and you should listen to that yeah <laughs> you know yeah or, that doesn't sound like an inner critic what what we've defined exactly. and referred to as an inner critic yeah but it's clearly linked stems from the same part in the brain which is this dorsolateral prefrontal cortex which i think that's actually the same part of the brain that's like fully developed when you're 25 let me google this because i i could be chatting absolute facts uh, absolute, absolute facts <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean facts i meant like rubbish but i don't know why <laughs> uh, could you google you're this for me because my my screen you're... is like so com your inner so... critic did not win in that situation you're like you know what? i'm not gonna say absolute trash i'm gonna say absolute facts <laughs> uh, i just can't accept that i would ever be spitting anything less than love facts. that for you though okay what am i searching message which i feel like is definitely like keep it down oh shit oopsie it's fully accomplished at the age of 25 years yes you're right you were chatting absolute facts leo and i've got this from the national institutes of health that makes makes sense i don't know what that means for like self-criticism should that mean <laughs> that we're then like is our self-criticism then more developed <laughs> no well or... i think i do think the inner critic maybe has more power over you during your growing years because you don't yeah. have the awareness mm. to to back to like either back it up or counter it and distinguish yeah. between the realities. I think as you get old, like even just now, right? We can sit here and be like, yeah, I think that is the inner voice. Even though it's tapped yeah. into our unconscious. I think as you get older, you have more awareness to step back. Or like time to reflect and like the maturity to reflect and be like, mm, let me question yeah. if that is, you know. Whereas when you're kind of going through it and growing up and trying to figure out who you are, you don't really think of these things. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, it felt a lot more overpowering, I think, when, when you're younger so yeah and I feel like that's also what a lot of older people say or when I like listen to interviews or you know videos of people talking about their life or even like you know people in my own life so it's like that seems to be something that they let go of more yeah and just you know go more towards like self-acceptance which thank you prefrontal cortex um <laughs> but yeah I think the appreciate you there's actually like different types of self inner critics as well which is kind of interesting I and there's also two different functions. But I don't know whether I should go into it because I'm really tired. We and could. My housemate wanted me to shut up. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think that I think this is a good place to stop. And then we can pick up yeah. next week's episode with chatting through the different types of inner critics and then going straight into how we can manage it. 
beautiful and how stunning idea yeah that sounds good okay let's do it it is we hope you enjoyed this <laughs> it is 2 a.m here as well so if i i feel like you know what no i'm not gonna be negative well what were you gonna say i was gonna say i i don't remember half of this conversation because i'm so tired so i feel like i wasn't i don't know what i said so hopefully it's good you can let me know yes you were incredible as always thank you for the notes i really enjoyed the prep that you've done <laughs> really appreciate it thank you it really helped me spiral into my own anxiety attacks. So that was... I really well, thank myself you know for those they notes. Say, they say it's always good to have, you know, trial and error and then learn from that yeah. situation. So you gave us yeah. that opportunity to... <laughs> but you know what? Like now, <laughs> discussing it more with you again, that that's explained it more, you know? And that's been really helpful for me. So actually, I'm grateful for this episode thank you guys for allowing me to use this as my therapy session as per usual thank you for giving us the chance to do some research learn stuff together so that we can all just like chat through it and be there for each other um and fight our inner critics so yeah i'm excited for next week's episode because then we can actually dive into we we i feel like we know a lot of context now a lot of research now it's like okay what can we do um to and actually it would be amazing if we'll we'll create a question box in the the Spotify section like of the podcast where you can respond to us with your ways of managing the inner critic yeah, because and we can then we can include them. those yeah exactly in the next episode so that sounds that'll good, be good. To me. amazing okay well <laughs> thank you so much for listening thanks guys and, and sorry for not having an episode last week we apologize to be fair, this one is now one and a half hours, so it's kind of double the length. Yeah, there you go. Bonus, bonus episode. Length. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even bonus, it's just like what they should have deserved all along. I know, um, we're sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we appreciate you for being here. Especially if you're listening yes. to at this moment, we appreciate it because we've been chatting for a long time, so we appreciate we it. We really have. <laughs> Bye, guys. Speaking Speak to you next Bye. week. Bye. Bye.